Let's give it to the Lord, shall we? Hallelujah. Oh, let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Brother Welch. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is good to be in Natchez this morning. And uh, to stand behind this pulpit, I know you would much rather have your pastor standing here. And we love Brother and Sister Johnson and Sierra. What a wonderful family. And uh, yeah, let's let them know it. But as Brother Welch already let you know, we know his circumstance today. And he called me a few weeks ago and said, hey, if I, I'm going to be down. Would you help me? I said, I'll try to work it out. And we worked it out. And we were able to be here today. It was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, that we were privileged to be in this pulpit preaching a weekend. And why have time just flies, doesn't it? Time flies. But it's so good to see each and every one of you this morning. I didn't know for sure if I could be here. Uh, this flu business has been bad. And uh, I've been so sick the last several days. But I'm going to tell you at about 3 o'clock this morning, uh, I was laying in the bed. I couldn't sleep. Every other word would be a cough. I've just had a horrible, horrible cough. And about 3 o'clock this morning, I really feel the Lord touch me. And I was able to go back to sleep. Up to that point, sleep was not a, a deal. And uh, I feel good today. I feel better. And I'm thankful for that. And for each and every one of you that are here, God bless you this morning. I I have a thought that I want to leave with you. I know this may be um, narrowing my audience down a little bit. I will be talking to the church tonight. But this is what I feel this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 2. To all the guests that are here, thank you for being here today. And if, again, you expected Brother Johnson, I apologize that he's not here. But uh, he will be here uh, in the time to come. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord this morning? He's good to us, isn't he? Hebrews chapter number 2. If you're there, say amen. Those of you that know my preaching, I'm not a long-winded preacher. Uh, someone said the three uh, steps to successful speaking is to take a point, sharpen it, and then stick it. And so that's what we're going to do. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 3, or 2, and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I want to preach to us for just a little while from this thought. What must I do to be lost? What must I do to be lost? This, this has been on me when Brother Johnson called and asked me to come. This was the first thing that came across my mind. 
This is a message I've preached years and years ago. But it just seemed like the Holy Ghost began to quicken me. And again, this may be a narrow audience today, but I really feel like God has sent me here to talk to you, to reach for you. Amen. I'm a pastor, but today I'm an evangelist. And I'm going to reach for you this morning and pray the Holy Ghost to touch you. Amen. If you will help me, would you lift your voice one more time? Would you ask the Lord to touch the remainder of this service? In Jesus' name. <coughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Lord bless you this morning. To be lost in this context is to spend eternity away from God. To spend eternity in a place called hell. As the scripture text lets us to know and ask the question, how shall we escape? What are we escaping? I mean, if it was something that wasn't so bad... Why would we try to escape? But it is bad. Amen. The judgment of hell and separation from God for eternity. Let me just remind the church this morning, and I hope you'll stay with me for just a minute, but there's only going to be two places you're going to spend eternity. One is a place called hell, everlasting torment, a place that eternally there will be no reprieve, the second place is a place called heaven. And as much as I hate to have to tell you this, not everybody's going to heaven. And I know we live in a world today that puts everybody in heaven, and I'm not trying to be down this morning, but I've got to tell you the reality. Amen. I've got to tell you the truth today. Not everybody is going to make it to heaven. But it's my job, and it's my privilege, and it's my desire to stand in this pulpit this morning and try to reach as many as I can to get on board to get to heaven. I don't want to see anybody lost. I don't want to see anybody go to hell, Brother Welch. I don't want to see anybody go away from this place and, and not know the truth today. I, I want you to get right with God. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't care what anybody else says in this world. There's only one way to be saved. Hallelujah. We need to know that way. My heart is heavy this morning. I want you to know there are some people today, maybe even in this room, I have to believe it is. Otherwise, I don't think God would let this lay on my heart. Is <coughs> the fact that they may not ever ask this question that I gave in my title, but the attitude and the actions are asking the question, what must I do to be lost? Well, I will tell you today, there are four things that I believe that are the very crux that causes people to be lost. And I think the first one is indifference. Indifference of no importance one way or the other. When you hear the gospel message preached and the preacher is in the pulpit pulling for your soul, 
and letting you know what's available for you, it doesn't really matter to you. It's not taken seriously. Amen. It's not taken with a heart of desire. You will find in Matthew chapter 22, 1 through 5, you will find Jesus giving a parable. And in this parable, a king made a great marriage for his son. And the servants were sent to bid those who were invited to come and be a part of this wonderful occasion. And they did not come. In fact, the Bible said that he sent some more. And he let them to know that all things were now ready. The oxen were killed. The table was spread. Everything was ready for them to be a part of this grand occasion. Everything was there, but the Bible says in verse 5, but they made light of it. They made light of it, and they went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. The word light means it, they paid no attention to the servants. In other words, it was just an indifference to them. It didn't matter to them one way or the other. It didn't matter how much time was prepared. It didn't matter how much effort there, no matter how much of the invitation that was given to them. It didn't bother them in one way or the other. It didn't move them one way or the other. Uh, I'm going to tell somebody today, this is how you can be lost. Uh, that if you get an attitude that says it doesn't really matter to me, uh, I'm just going to live my <coughs> live my life the way I want to live it. I'm going to go the direction that I'm going to go. Friend, that's how you're going to be lost. They become indifferent. Can I tell somebody today, whatever your priority is, that's what you're going to give yourself to? <coughs> where your treasure is. Doesn't say where your heart is. It says where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. I have preached to people over the years, and they were so into their careers. They were so into their lifestyle. Their priority was their jobs or their friendships or the pleasures of this world. Their attitude basically was this. It really doesn't matter to me right now. Making sure my heart's right with God. Making sure that I'm on my way to heaven really doesn't matter. It's not a priority in my life right now. I want to tell somebody today, maybe you're here because you're fulfilling an obligation. Maybe you felt pressure from somebody to tell you you need to be in the house of God. I don't know why you're here for sure, but I want to tell somebody this morning, if you're asking the question, what must you do to be lost, just get an indifferent spirit about you. Get an indifferent attitude about you. Get an attitude that says it really doesn't matter to me. Somewhere something's got to happen inside of your your soul this morning. In fact, I'm going to give you the solution of how to overcome an indifferent attitude, and it's found in Philippians 2 and 12. It says to work out your own salvation in fear and in trembling. Something needs to get a hold of your heart this morning. Something needs to move inside of you this morning that says I cannot go another service. I cannot go another day. I cannot wait another week to get my heart right with God. 
I better take this serious. I better take this challenge serious today because I'm in the very balance between heaven and hell. I'm in the balance of eternity this morning. Hey, one one breath, one breath, amen, taken away from you and you're going to find yourself in eternity somewhere. And I'm just trying to reach out to you on a Sunday morning to get you to realize how important this is. You need to work it out. You need to get a hold of it in your heart. Amen. And say, I've got to take this serious. When the scripture says to work out your own, it doesn't mean you work it out the way you want to. It means that you have to feel the responsibility. You've got to feel the responsibility. You're not going to make it on your daddy's coattail or your mama's coattail, or anybody else's coattail. You're going to make it to heaven because somewhere in your heart and your mind, you responded to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you determined in your heart, I'm going to take this serious. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Come on now. Come on now. What must I do to be lost? Just get an indifferent attitude. Just get an attitude that says it doesn't matter to me. I've got a career going. I've got life going. Listen to me today. Listen to me today. All it takes is one breath. One stop of the heartbeat. One. That's all it takes. Hey, man, we put so much emphasis upon this world and where we live. We put so much of our effort in this world that we're walking in. Friend of mine, what is it, 72 years that we get? Uh, hey, man, but what does that compare to eternity? What does that compare to eternity? Hallelujah. What must I do to be lost? Get it in different attitude. You see, in the parable... It was the king who extended the invitation. The guests couldn't come when they wanted to come. They had to come when the invitation was given. I'm going to tell somebody today, well, I'll get right with God when I'm, when I'm ready. Unless the Spirit bids you, you're not coming. You're not coming. That's why I think you've got to be very careful in how you look at all this, this whole concept of, of, of reaching out to God. When God sets that invitation your direction, you need to take it so serious. You need to realize that all it takes is, is Him not extending it to you, and you won't see a change in your life. But when you hear the Master calling, and you hear the invitation for you, and now is the time, friend of mine, that's when when you need to respond to it. That's when you need to respond to it. The second one is neglect. What must I do to be lost? The scripture said it. How should we escape if we neglect? The word neglect means to leave undone. Neglect the preaching. Neglect the prompting. The Bible said in Matthew 7, 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. 
people who leave undone or disregard the invitation or the message of the gospel is like a man who builds his house upon the sand. Can I tell you there are consequences for our actions today? Consequences for our actions today? I know we live in a world this morning that nobody wants to be responsible for their actions. They want to blame everybody else for the reason is the way they are and the decisions they've made. But can I tell you when it's all said and done, we're going to stand before the righteous judge and we're going to have to give an account for our own actions. We're going to have to, nobody else is going to answer for us. Hallelujah. And that's why this preacher come all the way from Moss Point, Mississippi to try to reach to you this morning to realize that you must not let there be a neglect inside of your heart heart that says I gotta, I'm just going to leave it undone. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm just not going to focus on this right now a part of my life. I'm telling you, you can't live your life that way. This man neglected the words of Jesus, therefore he lost everything that was important to him that he thought was important. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. I got a question for you this morning. What will you give in exchange for your soul? You say, Brother Maines, I really don't want to hear this kind of preaching on a Sunday morning. You know what? We need to hear more preaching like this. We need to get it to where we live today. Hey, man, we cannot afford to sugarcoat it because too many people are going to hell. Too many people are losing out in eternity. We've got to tell the truth. We've got to lay it out there the way it's supposed to be. Come on. I don't want you to be lost today. I don't want you to be lost this morning. And if you neglect your salvation and you neglect the preaching of the word of God and you neglect the spirit bidding you to come, friend of mine, you're going to find yourself lost. To hear the word of God and neglect it is to set yourself up for a great fall. What's the solution? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. You know who wrote this? It was Matthew. You look at the life of Matthew when Jesus was reaching out and selecting his disciples. Here was Matthew at the seat of customs. He was collecting taxes. And here you find Jesus steps up to his table and all he said, all he said, follow me. Matthew didn't look at him and say, where are we going? Matthew didn't look at him and say, well, let me wait for a better time. Taxes are pretty good right now. Life is really going well for me right now. Wait until I get down on the low limb and then I'll follow you. He didn't say any of those things. He simply closed his ledger, pushed away from the table, got up and began to follow Jesus Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. Can I tell you the solution, amen, to deal with neglect is to respond immediately, to respond to the call, to respond to the gospel, to respond to the 
the moving that the Holy Ghost would put in your heart. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If you disregard this salvation, how are you going to escape the judgment? There is no other answer. There is no other salvation. There is going to be no other solution. This is the solution. This is the answer. Hallelujah. It it was once given to the saints. Amen. And so we understand today that if we let neglect be a part of our life, we will be lost. The third one is procrastination. To delay or put off for another time. What is procrastination? Don't do today what you can put off until tomorrow. This one really got a hold of me. We know the story of the Apostle Paul and how that he came before Felix. The Bible said in Acts 24 and 24, and after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul, now watch this, and heard him concerning the faith in Christ as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Now Paul, the preacher, is preaching to this man and his wife. And he's preaching Jesus Christ. He's preaching the gospel to him. He's preaching it to him. And the Bible said, Felix trembled. Conviction got a hold of him. He was moved by what he was hearing. It stirred him. It was at that point where Paul was right there. He was really telling him what he needed to do concerning righteousness and temperance and all of these things in judgment to come. And Felix trembled. But as he trembled, this is the words that I hate to have to read to you, but this is exactly what happened. And he said, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for you. Hey, I want to tell somebody, if you're going to be lost today, what must you do to be lost is just get an attitude of procrastination that says, I'll put it off until one day. I'll do it next Sunday. I'll do it next year. I'll do it when things get better in my life. You hear what I'm telling you today. As long as you keep pushing it off, you will never respond to it. But while you are in this place on a Sunday morning and the Spirit of God is in this place and you're feeling the tug on your heartstrings. this is the time for you to respond to his word how many people are lost today because they said I'll do it later and if you'll go back you will never find in the scripture where Felix ever got his heart right before God God in mercy. I'm trying to help somebody today. I'm trying to help somebody today. You've been putting it off. I had a lady one time tell me I was reaching for her. And she came right up to my window on my side of the vehicle. My wife and I were in the vehicle. And she said, Brother Maines, when I get all my ducks in a row, I'm going to get back to church. I'm going to live for God. 
You know what? You're never going to get all your ducks in a row until you get back to church, uh, until you live for God. Uh, because until then, you're never going to have anything in your life that really matters. Uh, I'm going to tell you what you need to do uh, is you need to make up your mind uh, that I'm not just going to play church. Uh, I'm not just going to come to church. Uh, I'm not just going to go through the motions of church. Uh, but I'm going to get right with God. Uh, I'm going to come to an old-fashioned altar. Uh, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm going to repent of my sins. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. But don't put it off any longer. Don't wait for a better season. Don't wait for more a convenient time. There will never be a better time than today. There will never be a better opportunity than right now. Oh, come on. Lift your hands all over this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 6 and 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now. Everybody say now. Now is the day of salvation. James said it like this in 4 and 13. Go to now that ye say today. Or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there for a year, buy and sell and gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanishes away. How many has ever heard the old saints strike while the iron is hot? It's the same concept, I think, when it comes to the things of God. Amen. When you're feeling the tug on your heartstrings, you're feeling the voice of God speaking to your soul, saying today is the day you need to make a move. Today is the day you need to respond to my call. Today is the day you need to find that place that there would be a relationship that we would have together. But as long as you procrastinate and as long as you wait for another time, friend of mine, you are are going to be what you're doing is asking the question what must I do to be lost don't put it off can I tell you this morning you're not promised tomorrow you don't know what tomorrow holds for you right now is the greatest opportunity for you to respond to the Holy Ghost hallelujah Hallelujah. This is your greatest opportunity right now. The Holy Ghost is, is talking to you. Amen. And I know we have all kinds of excuses. I, I know, well, when my wife gets ready or my husband gets ready or my kids, when they we're all going to come together and we're all going to come to no friend, when you're feeling the touch of God right now, what you need to do is open your heart and say, God, I can't wait for my wife. I can't wait for my kids. I've got to respond right now. I feel your voice talking to me right now. I know your presence is here moving in this place. Help me, God, to push aside all the excuses and all the reasons why I can't get right and respond to you. The last one this morning is half-heartedness, lacking interest or desire. Second Kings chapter 10 says it like this, but Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord 
God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. As long as you have a divided heart, you're going to be lost. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. We are to love the Lord our God with what? All our heart, all our soul, all our mind. He's not going to take second place. He's not going to, he's not interested. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Come on, a half-heartedness. Hey, man, I, I kind of be in the world and try to be in the church at the same time. That's not going to work. Hallelujah. What must you do to be lost is not to serve God with everything inside of you. Not to serve God 110%. Give yourself completely over to him. That's when you're not going to make it. You've got to give him everything. You've got to give him everything. He gave you everything. He gave you everything. He's the one that stretched out his arms upon the cross and said, I love you this much. He gave it all to you. How can we expect any less to give back to him? Amen. If you're going to be lost today, it's because you're not willing to give him everything. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Half-heartedness. Revelation 3.15, I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither hot nor cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your head as the musicians come. And as I come to a close this morning, obviously, my purpose this morning is not for you to be lost. But for you to have your eyes opened to the realization that if you can identify with any one of these things that I've talked about today, then I'm talking to you. If you can identify with these four things, one of these four things in your life, then I'm talking to you. Amen. If you're an indifferent and neglect and procrastinating or, or half-heartedness, then I'm preaching to you today. I know this is simple, but I believe this is what the Lord wanted us to hear today, that I can reach for somebody on this Sunday morning to let you to know you don't have to leave without the touch of God. God in your life. You don't have to walk out these doors the same way you walked in these doors because he loves you enough to send a man of God your way on this day to let you know that there is a God that can save your life. You don't have to stay in the condition you're in. In Acts chapter 2, would you stand with me? The Holy Ghost was poured out. There were those that heard the word. The Bible said they marveled, some mocked. But when Peter preached unto them, Jesus Christ, they asked the question, what must 
we do. Now, obvious. <coughs> Their question was, what must we do to be saved? And maybe there's somebody that's asking that question. Okay, Brother Maines, you said what it is to be lost. <coughs> what about being saved? Then Peter said, repent <coughs> and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Come on, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody right now. I'm opening up an old-fashioned altar on this Sunday morning. What must you do to be lost? Let's turn that around and say, what must you do to be saved? This is your opportunity. Come on, church, would you help me pray? You don't have to be ashamed, friend. We all made our way to that altar. We all made our way to that old-fashioned altar and cried out to God. Come on, is there anybody this morning that would say, I don't want to be lost. I don't want an indifferent attitude. I don't want to have neglect. I don't want to neglect this great salvation. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And if we want to go to heaven, then we got to know how to be saved. Repent today. Get right with God. Let the Holy Ghost touch your life. Come on, I wonder if there's anybody else that would make their way to the front as they begin to sing and as we begin to cry out to God. Come on, come on, come on. It's time to get right with God. It's time to get right. What about you, friend? Don't live on those excuses anymore. Don't procrastinate any longer. It's time to get right with Jesus. I surrender In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. I invite everybody. Come on. Why don't you come and pray for just a minute? The hour's early. Why don't you talk to God? Hallelujah. shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation oh God help us this morning he loves you he wants you to make it but it starts with a desire to change God I can't live the way I've been living I want you to help me today forgive me of my sins wash me and cleanse me today Lord he'll give you the Holy Ghost oh hallelujah would you lift your hands all over this house and let's worship the Lord.